Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Before I get started, I just want to say thank you for all of the loving and supportive messages I've received over the last couple of weeks, many of you telling me stories of your own miscarriages. It's one thing to know the statistics, but it really helps to hear from women who I'm actually connected to. Also, your encouragement to keep sharing is also really, like, all I fucking need because I have had a lot, I mean a lot, of moments of insecurity and doubt and worrying that I'm being overindulgent and oversharing. So thank you for that. It makes me feel great to know that my overindulging and oversharing may be helping people. Also, I forgot to thank Dr. Kalen for just consistently being a great doctor and allowing me to put him on my podcast. So thank you, Dr. Kalen of LA Reproductive Center. He's just a fantastic doctor. And if any of you are looking for a fertility clinic in LA or in the LA area, I highly recommend him. I've already sent a friend of mine to him and she agrees. He's dope. And you know, while I'm at it, thank you to my newest Patreon subscribers. Robert Brenner, Rosie Ingebrigtsen, Jessica Simon, Rebecca Stevens, Brooke Stone, and Melissa Ness. Thank you guys so much. If you'd like to become a Patreon subscriber yourself, just sign up for a dollar or two a month. Go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and have access to all kinds of fun info. And last thing, if you haven't already, please go and rate and review Spermcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast because I need your help, babies. Okay, let's start the show. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown 39 and single, can someone help me out? He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall Funny, smart, love basketball From gay to straight, black to white Tiny eyes with an underbite I just need sperm Sperm cast Hello! It's me again. Remember me from just now? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> so last week I told you all about my miscarriage and I seem to be doing okay, staying positive, looking on the sunny side, but turns out I was actually a wreck and I didn't even know it. Yeah, I think that's because I was so busy editing last week that it didn't hit me until after I was done. After I posted the episode, there was finally time for me to feel feelings and by nighttime, I sort of lost it. I went to my basketball game and broke into tears the second I saw my friends, and I think that was because I hadn't actually talked to any real people about it yet, just a microphone. The game itself was so fun, and I forgot everything. My body didn't feel sick and crampy. But when the game was over and I got to my car and I pulled away from the gym, I immediately started weeping, and I didn't stop until I fell asleep. The next morning, I recorded my thoughts, and at the risk of being overindulgent and oversharing, I'm going to share it with you because, well, I don't want you to think I'm always chipper and positive. I cried so much last night, I feel hungover. I really had a, uh, like an emotional breakdown, basically. I have like a whirlwind of thoughts and feelings and they're all coming from different places. I mean, one, I have remorse about being so um, open, I guess, on the podcast last week about blood and chunks. And I don't know. I, I just don't feel like I did a good job on the podcast last week. I feel like I was grumpy. I feel like I didn't give it the time I usually give my podcast. I didn't go over it and re-record things that I thought sounded like too much. So I, I feel... I feel like almost like I didn't honor my miscarriage or myself enough by by giving it the the best episode possible but I was so crampy and I'm not in a good mood so I don't know I just feel bad about that for some reason maybe I shouldn't and then I remembered you know while driving that like other people that go through this experience have a partner and I don't I don't have a partner and I guess, you know, you when you don't have a partner and you're a positive person, every now and again you have little moments of thinking, I'm never going to have a partner and no one's ever going to love me. And yeah, I don't know why I don't have a man and I don't know if I'm ever going to have one. And that's the kind of place my brain's at right now. I just really lost it last night. 
I guess I'm losing it again right now. Uh, but not that badly. I just... I guess my conclusion is that um, it's really a roller coaster and that hormones do exist. And uh, when I woke up this morning, I was like, what the fuck happened to me last night? Like, I feel hungover. Yeah, I don't know. I think I just had like a huge surge. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm just emotional and having normal, rational feelings. But like, I just felt a surge of emotions last night, I guess. Also, I'm on half the amount of Lexapro that I was on before and... Before I started Lexapro, I cried all the time, so maybe this is just a Lexapro thing. Or maybe it's a combination of being alone, not having anybody here to hug me while I'm feeling like shit. And I know my friends can hug me, but I just want a man to hug me. <laughs> and so a combination of not having a partner, suddenly having a lot of hormones, having chunks come out of my body, and being on half the Lexapro that I used to be on. I'm going to chime in and also say that being on no Prilosec and having heartburn all the time fucking sucks. I know I said it was getting better, but I have days where it's not better at all, like today and yesterday and the day before. And when my stomach doesn't feel well, I, my brain doesn't feel well. When I'm so excited, my parents are coming to town in a couple of days. That'll help because they're, they're wonderful. <laughs> Actually, my parents arrived yesterday, and I haven't spent any time with them yet because I've been editing and stuff like that. So um, I'm, I'm not going to do any more editing on this. I'm just going to let this episode run. Okay? Sound fun? Good. Because life is short, and I have heartburn, and I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> yes. Now here's the end of that recording. Ugh. Wow. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Signing off and feeling sad. <laughs> Love ya. Bye-bye. So there you go. If I overshared last week, then I'm certainly oversharing this week. But, you know, them's the breaks. You ready for this episode? Here we go. This week I'm sharing an interview with you that I recorded a couple weeks ago when I was on the tear of uh, interviewing a lot of people that seemed to not want kids. They wanted to be child-free. This conversation is with my friends Judith Shelton and Holly Laurent. They are both child-free by choice, but here's something different about them. Neither of them have ever, ever, ever wanted kids. Like, ever. And they're both such talented, dope-ass women, I just wanted to hear their perspectives. Of course, when we recorded this, I was still pregnant, so I've cut out all of that stuff because it's not fun for me to listen to myself talking about about being pregnant. But you're lucky I cut all that stuff because this was a two-hour conversation. We hadn't seen each other in a long time, so we were very excited. Jumped up and down. Ooh! Pop. <laughs> That's rosé. That's some rosé being poured. If you want to destroy my sweater, yes. oh, yo, yeah. pull this <laughs> while I walk away. While I walk away, we unravel. I'll soon be naked, lying on the floor, lying <laughs> on the floor. I come undone. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, does somebody lie on the floor, boys. or did I just make that up? I think that's right. Yeah, oh, okay. I think that's right. <laughs> that's a good start. Well, listeners, I've got two wonderful ladies here with me today. Actually, I'm at one of their houses. Yes. Well, we'll start with you, Holly. We are at Holly Lorenz's apartment. That's right. <laughs> here we are. That's right. And I also have Judith Shelton. <gasps> Hi, Kay. Oh, I love her. And oh, I love you know people. what's funny? I didn't know you guys knew each other. Well, we met recently-ish. Because of Miss Colleen Doyle booked yes. you on that comedy show yes. she and I were but curating. I met you long ago at IOS. She did a, I did a workshop with you. What was the workshop? It was, I can't remember the name of it, years ago. And Amazing. I took your workshop with Jet when I was a student in 20, uh, 2005. Wow. Maybe, 2006. Yeah. Um, Holly is a wonderful improviser and also a, you're a, a coach and a teacher, right? But you're newly on Live From Here and I want to know all about it and so does Judith. I do. Live it, From Here, for anyone that doesn't know, is... It, remember Prairie Home Companion? My yes. Favorite. 
I loved it too. I Favorite. loved it. And my friend Katie Rich and them would always make fun of me. They'd be like, it's so corny. And I'm like, it's folksy. Yes. I would go live to Ravinia in Chicago. Yeah. I, I saw him live. I was at the Hollywood Bowl last, the final show yeah. where he was leading the entire Hollywood Bowl audience in acapella singing together. I was weeping. Yes. Oh my goodness. I loved Prairie Home. Yeah. I loved the news from Lake Wobegon. Yes. Mm-hmm. I loved the the recurring characters of Gainua and the cowboys. And I, I loved it. Yeah. And whenever it would come on, when I would hear that old piano, yeah. uh, the opening of it, if I was yeah. driving down the highway, it just made me feel like I had a friend. When that ended, it became live from here. It was Prairie Home with a new host, Chris Thiele. So they renamed the show pretty quickly. They renamed it Live From Here. And no one can ever remember what the name is. <laughs> uh, uh, my parents are always like, how do we listen to what's that now? And I'm like, it's live from here. And they're like, when does the here we go start? And I'm like, it's called live from here. And they're like, how, how long till what's that? You said it comes on and I'm like, okay. Live from here makes a lot of sense though, because you're always in a different town. Exactly. It's a wonderful title. So I love if you it. Think, thank you. So if you think like, you know, this weekend we're live from here and this weekend we're live from here and this weekend we're live from here, then it makes yeah. it stick in your head. Yeah. So every Saturday you can hear it on NPR and then it's always rebroadcast on Sunday. In LA, it comes on um, at like ten o'clock at night on Sunday nights. Okay. okay, so that's when you can catch it. And it's like six or seven. Six or seven on Saturdays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it has all these elements, and one of the elements is sketch comedy. So um, I write and perform the sketch comedy in there. You and your hubby. Yeah, he's so. There's four. Um, Wait, ca- is he your hubby? Greg. Yeah, he's your hubby. Yeah. I did not know you were married. Oh, that we're married. Yeah. I think in my mind, I just thought you were sexy. Oh, that's a sexy so much yeah. cooler. Because <laughs> would you have said all of that stuff about her hubby being hot? I wouldn't know. <laughs> Wait, would you not? Sorry. <laughs> really? Well, you I wouldn't don't know? I don't know. I think it's fine. It yeah. made me feel good. Okay, good. And Judith. Yes, my darling. Judith. Can I want to hear everything about- you have to say about everything. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a wonderful stand-up and a stand-up oh, teacher and She's an so actor. Good. What else are you? Tell me everything. It's been a while since I've I've, I've connected know, with you. I don't know what you're up to these days. I know days. the last time I saw you, we were doing an Ed Lee goodbye. Oh, that at was fun. Simsies. Yeah. Um. So I'm teaching at USC. What are you teaching? <gasps> stand-up. stand-up girlfriend and then guess what i'm teaching next semester what i'm teaching stand-up i have three sections so three classes and i have 20 students in each class wow but i'm also teaching next semester the history of comedy in la what (gasps) and i have a lot of learning myself to do but i already with uh another co-worker who's amazing we made the syllabus already and it's going to be uh-huh. amazing and we have to go to shows you're teaching those three classes and yes. then you're going to be teaching a fourth class are yes. you also teaching your own private stand-up classes I'm still classes teaching too? my private classes wow and I've still never taken one I need I'll to take do one it. with you let's oh, do it let's Holly. do it oh my god I, I would, would die here's it. the thing I've never ever wanted to do stand-up really <laughs> oh, yeah it's like spiders it's on your back spiders on your back scary as <laughs> hell I I don't even like hosting a podcast I mean Gosh, really you're so good I just at get, it no I'm not you are I'm Molly. Good at editing it so it sounds like I know what I'm doing, but I don't oh, know I how to put a so thought together. I think you're so good at it. But see, <sighs> we what happens is each comic tells the audience how to love them, how yeah. to adore them, how to understand them. We are going to fall in love with the fact that Molly, you can't put a this. thought together. Thank yes, you. you're already this. lovable. How long have you been teaching there? Three years. I'll be wow. finishing my third oh, wow. year. So impressed. I love it. You guys, I got to be honest. I'm impressed because I oh, really yes. thought I wouldn't amount to anything. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really tight. I like it so much. I really love it. I love the students. You know, what I'm seeing is the younger man is a different man. You know oh, what I'm saying? That's great. Yes. In oh, an amazing okay. way. And the younger women are amazing women. Okay. It's, so there's got, hope. We're going to be good. We're going to wow. be good. I mean, except I got chills. If, if, if social media doesn't drive them all to insanity, yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah. be great because they're good kids. They're really good. Wow. They're really good. They really care. They're actually very sensitive, very emotional. The fellas are like this new fella. They're, it's, they're so emotional. They're very... <clears throat> There's, you know, these young people are not saying no homo. Like they're so right. gender fluid. They're sexual. It's just they're more accepting. accepting yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Wow. I Is that because it. you're at a nice school, though? 
Well, you know, the, USC you know, is kind of conservative. But it's also not easy to get into. It's true. true. Or is, is it, it kids from know. the coasts? Yes, it's a lot of kids from the coast. But we have some middles and we have a lot of kids from what's really great for me is a lot of kids from other countries, which is yeah. really neat. I mean, I feel like I'm learning so much. And yeah. we have a lot of, uh, we have all kinds of wonderful young people. And it's been yeah. so good for me because remember how Herb Koss used mm -hmm. to say, I stay young by hanging out with young people. Mm -hmm. Like that's what's happening. Like I'm around young people. And so I feel like I'm still learning things and it's great. You're vaping the jewels. And stuff. I'm not vaping the jewel. <laughs> oh Although I do have a marijuana pen. Oh, hey, wow. I got two of them. Very but I forget nice. to do them. Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious. What is it? What do you got? A sativa, a hybrid, an indica? I have no what do you idea. Like? People gave them to me. Well, one I found on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and I texted the person I think dropped it. It was still in the case, brand new. It wasn't I even open. Oh, no, a good. friend who oh, came oh, to oh. see one of the shows. And he said, you know what? You take it. And I was like, I ripped it open and I used it. But the <laughs> weird thing is, I I don't do the marijuana enough and I probably need to. But I'm also on an anti anxiety I love depression mm -hmm. I love med. Mm -hmm. it has Can changed my life one? I'm on the Lexapro that's what I No, on. no no I'm sorry I changed I was on the Lexapro now I'm on the Zoloft and I have to tell gotcha. you something I did not want to do it and I got so depressed so blue I mean just and I have all my life gone up and down with depression I've mm -hmm. always mm -hmm. always I come from a long line of depressed people but I my friends kind of sat me down and were like Jude you need help if if you had diabetes you would get medication like yeah. what are you doing so I went and got help I didn't want to and I got it and it has really helped really when helped did you start taking it a year and a half ago That's maybe great. and it has helped me so much so I just had my year checkup and I was like I hope she doesn't make me get off of it right but she said no you're like the poster child for this oh, so good. so so far so good I love it hello just popping in to tell you a little bit of backstory about Jude because uh you know we get into a lot more stuff here but there's just not enough time so Jude was uh, in a relationship for eight years and then she was married for 10 years then she had a cat for 12 years now she has a new kitty They've been together for six months. And um, she's really good. She's taught me so much about boundaries because she is not, she doesn't take shit from anybody. That's good. That's good. It's amazing. Unapologetic. Unapologetic. She wants to do her own thing. That's and I do not this understand episode. this. She yes. believes that she has an inevitable place in the hierarchy. She sure does. She <laughs> is the hierarchy. Is it Hier baby? Yes, baby. Okay. Is. <laughs> so it's really good because she will bite me if I pet her too much. And so I would just pet her more. Yeah. Oh. But she's like, this is never going to work, lady. And so now I pet her less. <laughs> and it hurts me, but then guess what right. I have to do? Fill my heart some other way. Okay. I love it. I love this. <laughs> Phil? I love that your cat is teaching you boundaries. <laughs> she really and is. And helping you grow. Cats she is. are dope at boundaries. They really They're like, are. They're like, I set the temperature yes. in this room. Yes. Okay, I but set hold the on. parameters. There's, a, there's a fine line between boundaries and not caring about other people's feelings. Yeah. And empathy. She totally does not care about my feelings <laughs> at all. Well, so I broke we my wrist. be careful when we are. Oh, no. so, what do you do? I broke Broke my wrist, yeah. tripping over baby's toy. I was on the ground like a little dead no. bug with my legs, legs and arms up. No. My wrist was swelling as we were speaking. She was like, are you going to feed me? Oh, no. Yeah, she didn't care one whit. She's not done any chores. <laughs> I was in a cast for five weeks. She's done nothing. You know if you had died on the floor that day, she would have eaten. eaten you. No, is that yes. true? Yes. They yes. Well, that's out. why I keep myself a little chubby is so that there's food for her in the big one. <laughs> but we are not talking at all about I know. the subject. No. I know. Oh. We're being terrible. No. But you, you cut all this. And this. What? And why we're here. Yeah. About the reason you're here okay. is because you are both anti-kid no you're not anti-kid you are uh, child free on purpose mm -hmm. and very much have always been your whole lives yep. i might be a little anti-kid to be honest wow if okay. i'm very honest yeah. Yeah. i'm not anti-kid at all yeah. but you i you're anti-molly having a kid <laughs> <laughs> oh i i have to say like listening to your podcast like all my buttons i was yeah. like oh, my God. Oh, oh and it was really good for me mm -hmm. good. but like I, honestly it made me be like my goodness, am I like almost phobic about it? Because mm. mm. I mean, I was like, oh, oh, really? yeah, it's it's funny because having listened to your podcast when you just told me today that you are, yeah, I was filled with joy. And that might be the first time that's ever happened in my <gasps> life 
because normally when people say they're pregnant, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. <gasps> do you need help? Like, I will help you pay for an abortion. Ah. I will do any, like. I wonder if it's because you are able to see my perspective because yeah, of the podcast yes. that you yeah. already have that and inside you of you. you wanted it so bad. Yeah. For you, Please. yes. Yeah. I really wanted it too. I really wanted it. <laughs> it's so interesting because when my friends tell me they're pregnant, I get sad because I know I'm never going to see them again. 100%. That's yeah. me too. It's almost oh. like, Bye. Yeah, I bye. Love you. love you. Yeah. It was good while it lasted. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It changes it the really relationship sucks. forever. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want my friends to be good parents. And if that means that we're not going out to like Carlitos exactly. for tacos <laughs> and margaritas, then fine. Mm -hmm. But it is sad because the relationship changes. And I get I really think sad. When you were little, did you ever think about it? I, I don't think I did. No. Okay. I mean, I, I did. They, what are they the put buttons? babies into our hands. <laughs> as kids they yeah. put babe they give you babies yeah. and you walk around with the babies and so i think like that probably i was like oh okay so this is the way things go did you grow up in a big family little family i have a big brother and two little sisters mm. oh that's a big family so it was a family of six total yeah. okay mm -hmm. right. do they have kids now any of them all of them wow okay all of them so yeah but all my siblings had children and um I feel like I've seen people, you get so much of the narrative in our culture of like, it's the greatest love you'll ever know. It's you'll never regret it, blah, blah, blah. I feel like if you really listen, you do hear people who not regret the humans who now exist. Like I love them and I would die for them. They're great. I'm glad they're here, but regret what it's done to their lives. Mm -hmm. regret, and maybe I'm focusing on these stories because it makes me feel better. Well, I, the, the people that regret it can't talk about it. Yes. They can't. A hundred percent. But they My mother did. Oh. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Was that emotionally painful for you? Yes. Uh, oh. Could, you heard her say these yes. things? Uh. Of like, I shouldn't have had kids. It ruined my life. Well, I don't know if you want to wait. Until I don't want to wait. I want to know. Let's get into it. Well, my mother, I was adopted. Oh, right. And the story is that How my... How old were you when you were adopted? Four weeks. Wow. Little wee babes. Little wee baby. And my mother, who had a drinking problem, mm -hmm. a severe drinking problem, so I don't know who was really talking her disease mm -hmm. or whatever. But anyway, what she said when I was growing up was she was kind of forced into having a child. And so she was forced. Um, my parents were like socialites. And so they in Los Angeles and everybody, there were news clippings that I saw, you know, where are the children? So my mom was kind of forced into it. Wow. And Your she, adopted mom? Yeah. Whoa, and she said to so me as a young person, again, while she was in her addiction, she said to me, you know, I didn't really want to do this. I was forced into it mm -hmm. and it's really hard. You know, when she met my ex-husband, she said she gave him the whole speech about how hard it was to be my mother and you know, how difficult it was. Oh. So, you know, when you, when I, I love, I love sperm cast so much. And when you asked me to be on it, I was like, I hope I don't bring everybody down no. because my story is interesting. I really, there was one bizarre period, like in the summer between seventh and eighth grade, where I was really into playing with dolls, like baby dolls. My mom would collect them, and I would play with them, and I'd make a little uh, crib out of the side table by my bed. Mm -hmm. So, But that's all. For that one summer, that's all I was really interested in children. And I was worried about kind of being a downer because I did not get the message that children were fun yeah. and that children was so, so biologically, I've never had the urge to have a child, but I've also, I think mentally, maybe I thought two things. One, I couldn't do it well. Mm -hmm. And two, and let's be honest, I don't have a sweetheart. So like right. it didn't come up, but once I thought I was pregnant when I was married and I got excited for about 45 minutes oh. <laughs> and, um, but I think when you're adopted, there's this weird feeling. I always liken it to, you know, that guy who goes out for a space walk and he's like got the tube that his breathing tube or whatever that leads that connects him to the spaceship. Yes. <coughs> I think that just keeps him tethered <clears throat> to the spaceship. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, I got disconnected. So I'm just sort of floating. And so I feel like I'm not supposed to have a family and I'm not supposed to create a family. Like I'm just sort of a loner. You feel you're currently tethered. 
you're floating. I'm floating. I'm untethered. You're, you're un- George you're Clooney untethered. at the end yes. of just <clears throat> out there alone. Yes. So not a downer, by the way. We can okay. talk about down things. It's on very this show. honest. Okay. The vulnerability is like pure courage. But it just. I mean, the truth is I've never had the biological urge. Mm. I've never actually felt a ticking clock. Mm. I've never been interested. But I also have a weird thing about children and mothers and, you know, mm-hmm. it's... Now, you mentioned earlier that you were thinking about finding your birth mom. Yes. How would you... Do you want to talk about that at all? Well, Or do you want sure. to save that? No, I'll talk your... about it. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, because... I was telling Molly I might want to do a podcast about it, but, uh, I, if she's still alive, we don't know because I'm 51, I'm going to be 52. So I don't know if she's still alive, but I would love to find brothers and sisters. And I think that that would kind of connect me maybe because I would love to see some other tall ladies with barrel chests. (laughs) I would love to see some broad shouldered, speaking of chin, You and I have this together, which I've always loved you because of your chin. Um, We have strong chins. Mine is just a double. No. No. Why? I'm being a little negative today. But anyway. um, So, yeah, connecting you, finding your mom or your any siblings or even cousins that are blood related. That would be neat. So my friend gave me a. 23 and me and i've still yet because of course scared well i went on the website to fill out the paper and they're like we may have to give this to the government so then i got all weird who cares i know now i'm like who cares i'm just also afraid of like what if they what if they find out that i have some genetic thing and then in trump's america i can't get insurance and you know all that stuff but I now I have A-okay. a job at a university and I have Full benefits. benefits. Wow. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Benefits. First time ever. That's, That's the amazing. best. First time ever, you guys. I started at 50, a retirement fund. Oh, yeah, man. Goodness. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I feel it's just neat. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. That's so, um, but unlike Holly, I would really... I have a fan. So I went to, we were talking about going to churches and I went to one church that I really liked, but I'm having a crisis of faith and I'm just not into it right now. I know Mm -hmm. that sounds flippant and, and coy to say that, but I, uh, I went to a great church where we did a lot of meditation and I had a meditation where I saw myself and my sweetheart, what, who was a man, we were in Christmas sweaters. His <gasps> kids were in Christmas sweaters and our grandchildren Shut and even our dog who looked up. a lot like sister was in a Christmas sweater. We Sister's were all in Holly's dog. I Sissy. love. Oh, she's, she's the best doggy besides our beloved Benny. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> Benny. Oh, he was such a good doggy. I really would like to find a sweetheart with children and possibly grandchildren. Yeah. I don't see myself without children in my life, but obviously I'm not going to be having them now. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, genetically, I'm not connected to anybody and I probably never will be now unless I do that 23 and me. But I would love to have children and grandchildren, like his children, which are probably grown if he's close to them like they were your I would. And then we started talking about her potentially finding her biological half siblings or mother or father. She was probably very young. Do you know anything about I do know. Not um, young? That my theory was wrong? Well, supposedly she was in her... My mom, my, my adopted mom, gave me a paper, and it said that both my parents were pilots, and I was born in 67. Whoa. Whoa. That is In 67, cool. a female pilot. Wow. And... Whoa. That they... She was musical and played guitar, and they were both church people, and so I just made up this whole story in my brain that they had other families, and they had a wacky layover. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a fun story. Yeah. That what, could be. Love what child. if you could find it all out? That's I know. insane. Yeah. How, do you know how to begin, even? I think just start with 23andMe, I, I think. I think you record the, yes. when you're taking the spit test and talk yeah. about, yes. or you just use whatever we just talked about here. Molly, that's so inspiring. You just record it, yeah. and then you... and then. 
and then record anytime you talk about it just say hold on and just talk about it with your friends and oh. then give it to somebody to edit together and I want to say I would do it but I don't have any time but yes. maybe I could ha- start you off help yes. you out in the beginning ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, so then I asked Holly how not wanting babies has affected her marriage. It's been very, very, very hard. Cause like, yeah, I don't think I really had the instincts. I didn't have the desire. I didn't have the like primal. It's funny though, because I feel like I'm so nurturing and I have a nurturing side a lot with my improv students. Like they talk a lot about like me mothering them in yeah. many ways, like energetically very nurturing, but I just never had the desire or the urge or whatever. I think like, I don't know, late twenties, early thirties, I might've had like Mm -hmm. I like absorbed the cultural narrative of like like you're saying I have to find a partner and do this Mm -hmm. thing but I think it was that's what I was like hearing I was supposed to be feeling Mm -hmm. but then if I really searched my heart I was like oh that's not what I want Mm -hmm. I don't know when you got married and you also said that you don't really believe in marriage as a yeah so I think marriage doesn't make a lot of sense, but but I, are you glad you did it? Yeah, because <laughs> it's funny. I was always terrified of marriage. I would have I had a recurring nightmare that I was hanging up shirts, like men's dress shirts, in a line in a closet. Is where the dream began, where I'm hanging up a man's shirt, and I was like, I gotta get out of here. Oh. And I had the altar, uh, like, uh, can somebody get my dad? I'm in a wedding dress. I'm in like a bridal part of the church and I'm like can somebody get my dad I gotta leave I gotta get out of here I gotta get out I I would always have those nightmares and then um when I did get married it just that same anxiety stayed the same intensity it just flipped to the exact other side and now I'm terrified of getting divorced and being left (laughs) but the intensity of this the fear like just turned you know and so I get some strange weirdo like a false security and like well we're married and that would make it a little harder to leave me which is you know there are no guarantees on anything but Mm -hmm. I've also realized that like with attachment theory like I definitely have anxious or insecure attachment Mm -hmm. so I'm always I'm just very it's hard for me to trust that anyone actually loves me that you can rely on anyone that um the always waiting for the other shoe to drop the idea of if somebody's an hour and a half late my instinct would never be to be like oh I'm sure something came up there's probably a good reason for it 100% yeah (laughs) I'm like yeah 100% where it's like oh something terrible or they've killed themselves yeah (laughs) I've always been very scared of people killing themselves of people just being like I don't love you I don't want to be here friends partners the spectrum of all human relationships I'm so afraid of being left me too I one time I was riding my bike to go like coach a team and we had the times wrong so I turned around and came right back home and as I was coming up the stairs to this apartment I remember thinking oh Greg thinks I'm gone for two hours mm -hmm. I'm gonna walk in on him um doinking a 22 year old blonde with big boobs on the couch and I went through this emotional catastrophic moment from like five steps away from the door till when I opened it of like how I will survive divorce whether or not I'll kill myself like the whole thing and I opened the door and I came in and he was like making a crock pot like soup or something because I don't know how to feed myself and he was like oh hey what are you doing here I was making a soup so that you could eat it for lunch all week and I stood there and I was like I I I just went through a full divorce and suicide because I thought you were going to be having sex with a 22 year old big boobs on the couch (laughs) and and (laughs) and he was like why do you do that to yourself and I'm like I it's this protection mechanism of like I will be prepared. I've yes. already thought of it or something, you know? Yep. And it's like, well, for being a protection mechanism, it sure is hurting me. Yes. <laughs> but here's my question. You had a really, I'm going to assume, a good childhood and mm. good good attachment to your parents. Yeah. Good relationship. That's interesting. And did you? It's funny because when you were talking about your mom, mm-hmm. I was like, huh. 
because when I was seven, my mom, um, my mom had a really difficult, like bedridden pregnancy after me lost it. It was, it was, it was terrible. Like lost it, grew up going to the grave of my little brother who like lived for a day, you know? And then, um, and then she had two more pregnancies that had my two little sisters, but the, my baby sister, um, my mom afterwards had a severe postpartum depression and then what they called then a total nervous breakdown. I don't know if they call that it now. Mm-hmm. She wrote a suicide note, was institutionalized, was locked up 12 monkey style behind multiple doors of barriers. Was like She has told me since that she had a mound of like two full handfuls of pills she had to take every day like and like psychiatric pills in the this must have been the 80, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Imagine those drugs that yeah. made her lose her vision. She couldn't yes. see. She was like blurred. And she did survive and recover and all of that. But I was fostered out in that time. My memory of it is like, was that a year, six years, six days? Because you know how kid time yeah. is like weird. And so I've asked since. And it, it, evidently it was like six weeks yeah. that I was fostered out. But to me, I thought it was a lifetime. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. and I think like a schism, like something broke. And I remember someone saying, you're not going to see your mom again. And my dad was like a traveling evangelist and wasn't there anyway. Oh. So I remember being like, oh my God. And then my brother and I were with the same family for a while. And then they decided that two was too much. So they sent my brother somewhere else and I stayed there. And then once I lost my brother, I was like, that was my last thing. Oh and then I'm God. like, I, that untethered thing of like, Oh my God, I have no one. And I still, it's like, I, I realize I'm walking around like that every day of still this, like, and so marriage has been, um, an interesting journey because I'm constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop and like to slowly like get the trust of like, well, maybe he'll stay. But then there's like, well, there's no guarantees. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost afraid to like love it. Yeah. I, I had a moment this past Christmas where it hit me like a ton of bricks where I think because we are performers and we're creatives and all of that, like there's such a striving to it of like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn this. I'm going to create this project. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to eventually make money. I'm going to like the, and um, I was like the middle of the afternoon and I was walking like with laundry or something. And I had the full realization and I deeply believed it for a moment where I was like, oh my God, I'm sitting in the shade of the tree that I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Like I'm here, I have that thing. And I'm so afraid to believe that I Mm -hmm. like have it because if you have it, you can lose it. And that's like the most terrifying thing for me. And I also like, I think in my mom, so she did get better, but she wrote a suicide note Mm -hmm. and she has told me since that the suicide note said something about like, I just want the world to stop for one quick sec so I can get off. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. And she was a, basically a single mom of four and had had hard pregnancies because my dad wasn't there. Yeah. And she just felt so overwhelmed and alone. And I look back and I'm like, I've never asked her, did she want kids? Because mm-hmm. it was just a thing, like, that's just what you did. And she she was a preacher's kid, and it's all very, like, conventional and conservative. And, like, that's just what you do. You, If you're lucky, you go to college. If you're lucky, you get married, and then you have kids, period. Mm-hmm. And she, I don't know if she did this with my other siblings, but I know she did it to me my whole life. She always would look at me with this, like, gravitas and say, you have to really want kids and I was like okay I hear you Mm -hmm. and she's like you have to really want them Mm -hmm. and I was like okay and Hmm. then it's also really interesting because I just don't know if my tender little heart could take it like how hard the world is going to be for them and 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 if they were in pain and all that stuff Mm. it's like I can barely my dog blew out her knee and had surgery I could barely handle that I know and and also, I'm such an asshole with this dog. I'm afraid I would be one of those parents that I hate who don't <laughs> say no and all this stuff. Yes. And, um, <laughs> but I also was on mushrooms <laughs> last year. <gasps> I don't know. Uh, I think mushrooms are okay. They got me out of my 
horrible depression last really? winter. Oh, wow. Because I couldn't get, I didn't have insurance and I couldn't get um, meds and I was trying this to get This is why Zoloft I didn't want to get meds because I was so afraid I'd lose insurance yeah. and I wouldn't be able to keep them. Yeah. Such and then I'd be top snow bottoms down by the river. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but we have been doing my mushrooms like on our anniversary every year, which uh-huh. is really lovely. And this past one, I had the most, in, most clear uh, moment. I got the very clear message. What the mushrooms told me was they were like, you for this life, you are a child. So you can't have, ch- you oh. you shouldn't have a they, child oh, because you wow. are. Chills again. Chills. And I was like, it made so much sense to me. And it's your gift to the world mm. is that you can become an adult with the like experience and ability to articulate things. But as a child yeah and so I was like oh thank you it was really interesting too because then this moment happened with the mushrooms where then I very much like felt fully like a child like even that my body and everything was like little child me and then you know Greg was kind of over there doing his own thing and and I looked at him with the uh, he was with the girl on the couch <laughs> he boobies doinking boobies, boobs, big boobs. <laughs> and um he was in his own experience with the mushrooms and so I kind of went over to him and he was like a very very old man and I was this little little girl and he was this old old man <laughs> and I was like can I talk to you and we like talked and like <laughs> played these board games and stuff and it was these two people at both ends of the life cycle just wow. like caring for each other and being kind and kind of like it was crazy and I was like wow that makes more sense to me than anything because when we got married I, during my wedding ceremony, had a massive panic attack, cried all night on my wedding night and cried for most of my honeymoon because I was just like panicking. Panicking? I'm like, this makes no sense. What and are we doing? And he still loves you. There was this moment where he's like, how you doing? Scale of one to 10. I think we'd been maybe married for two days. He's like, scale of one to 10. Where are you at anxiety wise? I was like, 10, 10, 10, 10. And he was like, you know what? I feel like it's, what we did is kind of crazy. It's a big, like super grown up thing. Now knowing I'm a child, it makes sense. The child would cry and be like, Whoa, I, I don't have the ability to do this. Mm-hmm. But like, um, he was like, it, we just did a really, it's kind of a serious, big grown up thing. And it seems like you're really like letting the full weight of like that serious choice, like hit you. And it, I think it totally makes sense that you would like kind of really when the weight of that hits you you're absorbing it and you're like wow this is really hard mm-hmm. and in that moment I was like oh my god mm-hmm. I definitely am, have partnered with the right person for mm-hmm. me for the timing because like if yeah. the reverse which if he was like panic, I'd be oh what I'm uh-huh. not yeah you know. oh yeah. man so true but yeah. then so very quickly and I because I want to only hear from you and you and I, I gotta well, shut I up after this but I want to say about you. Keep going. So yeah. th- then there was this time right when we kind of moved to Los Angeles mm-hmm. and we were like here a couple of years and um, it's a hard place to live. And um, it does often make you question what you're doing with your life and how you're going to make ends meet and all that. And there was a time where then the kid thing, I don't know if it was my age or what, something was making it come up where it was a little bit like. Um, if this is going to happen, it's going to have to happen soon. And um, I, I lost it because like when I see Greg with my nieces and nephews, like it creates great pain in my body because he's so good with them and he would be such a great dad. Does he want them? And I think he always thought he would. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was part of that cultural thing where you just are sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. that's what you do. And he hadn't really like critically thought about it. But I think he, I think if, if I was into it at all, he would definitely be into it and he would be awesome at it. Mm-hmm. And so there came a point in our marriage where we had to address it mm-hmm. and it, yeah. it absolutely almost broke me. And there was a time where I remember we were talking about it and I was so afraid of what he was going to say that because it's fair of him to be like, yeah. you know what? I do want that. And if one doesn't and one does, the one who does has every right to go do that. Mm-hmm. And that would mean it being over. And I buckled and my knees gave out and I went down to the floor. And I remember being on my hands and knees on all four. And I was like, I think what I'm asking you is that if you had to choose between me and some people who don't exist yet like do you choose me yeah. and that was so hard to ask because i've 
always felt so unworthy of love right, and all that stuff. And you did it. Uh, it was the scariest moment maybe of my life besides like losing my mom. Yeah. <laughs> or it took me there something of like that untethered, that fear of like, I think I have a strong like need for that warm family connection. And yeah. it's also like without kids, to me, I'm trying to be like, this marriage is a family, but it's weird. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like that P.T. Anderson quote of like, kids are like a warm fire, like a loud house, everybody running around. That's what I want. And for mm. me, like, I've always been like, I don't want them in my body mm -hmm. and I don't want them in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them sucking off my actual body yeah. or my bank account, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's so clear to me, but so far he's here. He's, he's still here. I mean, he responded how did he respond in that big moment i can't remember <laughs> i can't remember what he said or whatever yeah. but I, I i i like i wish there was like an epic movie moment where he's like oh, i choose you <laughs> can i ask you a question who me yeah yeah i just wonder like you had a mom who really loved you yeah and she still really loves you yeah do you like, what does that feel like? <laughs> That's such a great question. Yeah. Well, how like, do, do I you answer? Question it? Is there yeah. No do you know she loves you? Can you call her at any time? Or do you ever go, oh, I don't want to burden my mom? Or I, I know she loves me. There, are, there have been times where I don't call her because I don't want to burden her. Or I'm calling her too much. But we literally talk every day or every other day, every third day at the most. Do you always feel like she's happy when you call her? Or is she like, what, Molly? <laughs> never in a never in a not not that she's mad to talk to uh -huh. me but she might be in the middle of something uh -huh. it's like what yes <laughs> so i asked yeah but what does it feel i mean it does it feels wonderful i don't know mm. i've always been in love with her oh, oh. <laughs> because you know how you were i really feel you when you're saying you feel separation attachment i have all those issues i don't feel attached to anybody yeah. I have nobody I'm attached to. And it's intense. Well, I yeah. feel like that aside from my aside from my family, I yes. do feel like I'm not attached to anybody, even yes. though I do have a lot of, you of have wonderful a big family. humans in my life. Yeah. And I have so many girlfriends from basketball and improv and so many wonderful people in my life. Mm. But I that couch person, I don't have that couch person. And yeah. that's, I, that's what I want. And I I don't think that's why I'm having a baby. Right. Because I don't want my baby to be my couch person. Oh, thank goodness. That's very healthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I just want my, I just want my couch person. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. Everybody calls it, you're my person, but yeah. I'm just looking for my couch, couch person. person. <laughs> well, this is. Or just somebody to be in the other room while I'm in my office. So I don't feel by myself, Hell but not yeah. a roommate. Yes. That Sunday morning kind of love. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just about the thing and the attachment and uh, the stuff your mom said or oh. you were, how you felt when you were a kid and your brother and your two younger sisters being different, having kids and everything like that. This may be obvious to you or you've already discovered these things or might not mean anything, but it seems like... You, you were at an age where you could really register what was going on with your mom. Which is intense. That is so much for a seven-year-old. You know what I? you just made me realize? Greg is seven years younger than me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and um, that's crazy that he was born as like my trauma began. <laughs> oh, my God. He appeared. Because that is trauma, Holly. Yeah. That is have you talked to a therapist? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think that your little sisters didn't have to go through the brunt of all of that. Yeah. And your older brother may have had, because he's a boy, and yeah. maybe more it's of a relationship with It's not the same for guys. It's just and, not. Yeah. And even in the church and yeah. all that stuff, he it just... Yeah. I've talked to my sisters about that, where I'm like, we... And sociologists say that every every sibling grows up in a very different family. Yes, entirely, mm -hmm. um, because you weren't part of your story. You know yes. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, if you're a boy and a girl, you know, like the boy grew out with no grew up with no brothers. The girl grew up with no sisters. But right. the boy grew up with a sister. You know, it's right. like a totally different right. family for each person. Yeah. By um, the time I came around, my parents had gotten real loosey goosey, and they were cool with whatever I did, and I didn't have a lot of restrictions on me, and. That's why you're so cool, though, Molly. <laughs> I know. You. I know. I feel like you're so brave you are and so, so present. You're just. Oh, my gosh. I, 
it's so nice. I was here and, so and a little bit of a younger, I'm, I'm older than you, but I was a younger improv student and you were like on a team and uh-huh. doing stuff and I'd just be like, Molly. Oh, yeah. Wow. You're just a cool kid. Well, thank you. You have a thing. You have that thing where when someone <laughs> comes into your sphere, there's like a magnetism. Don't you feel like where it's like, who is that? Yes. And then you find out her name and it's like, oh, that's Molly Hockey. And then, but there's this magnetism about you that then even when I'm in other groups and someone will say Molly Hockey, everyone in that group that you're not even oh present my God, in will go, oh, Molly Hockey, it's that thing. Oh my God. Well, Holly, I would say the same yes. thing happens with you. And for both we of you. We say Holly Laurent and everybody's like, oh my God, I love Same Holly. for you, Juice. Really? Yes. In fact, well, I Jim. said at the very beginning of this podcast, which <laughs> Look was, at me. I'm like, really? Yes. Listen. Me? Listen. What, what I said at the very beginning of this podcast, I didn't get to finish my thought. Oh, sorry. The ver- first thing I said was when I asked you two oh, to yeah. be on this, I didn't know if you two knew each other. And yes. then I had already talked to you and we had discussed maybe having this conversation at some point. And then... Jude, when you congratulated me on the pregnancy, I think that might be when you told me uh, that you didn't want to have kids. Yes, some girl had written on the sperm cast Insta, I never wanted kids. I'm like, me neither. right. And I said, I'm going to do this um, with Holly Laurent. I don't know if you know her. And you wrote back saying these wonderful things Uh. about her. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess she's like a fan. Like, yeah. I didn't think yes. that you guys knew each other. And then when I told you, I said, I'm going to have this great woman uh, come and be in our conversation. You wrote the exact same thing about Julie. I was like, I'm actually in love with yes. her. Yes. And then I sent a screen capture of that to her so uh-huh. she would know how much you love her. Because uh-huh. you are both so wonderful and magnetic. Females affirming the yes. ever-living shit out of each other. And I have to say improvising females even though we're also stand-ups you and i holly but me soon oh yes yeah I baby i can't wait <laughs> i really think this is i mean people have said this but this is the time of women and female friendships and mm. it's so weird when i was a young young comic i was surrounded by men of course although there were tons when i was a young comic in the early 90s early 90s half the room at an open mic would be women really it's not that way anymore. It's not. Because we had Roseanne Barr, Brett Butler, Ellen DeGeneres. So there were lots of women in stand-up. Yeah. But now I feel like there's something happening with women. So I was surrounded by men a lot. Yeah. And now it's so interesting. I look at my pictures. I look at my phone. It's all women. Oh, and it's so yeah. great. I've never been happier. And I'm not yeah. saying I don't love men. I actually do really love men. I yeah, grew yeah. up with male comics. <laughs> I know. I, love <laughs> I don't know. I just, I really am enjoying women. And like I said, I'm surrounded by young women too who mm-hmm. are so feisty. Yeah. Oh, they're so feisty. And I yeah. love yeah. It's. Did you hear about the uh, women in the Obama administration and amplification? No. No. That like in the beginning of, you know, the cabinets and everything like sort of being assembled at the beginning of the Obama administration like all these women were put in these like dope ass positions and they all started noticing this thing that my girlfriend Katie Rich do you know Katie? Oh, I don't Katie. know but I've heard of her. Yeah. You know she writes on update and she um, noticed it right away she says she'll always do this thing where they'll be in a room it's a room full of fucking white straight dudes and um, they'll all be bouncing around ideas and she'll be like oh 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 or we could do XYZ and everyone be like yeah keep going keep going blah 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 and, and, and like time will pass and she'll go or we could do xyz and like, oh, yeah blah 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 time will pass and then a white dude will be like hey what if we do xyz and everyone will be like oh captain my captain yeah. like dun dun yeah. and she'll be like jesus christ i said that an hour ago and it just yes. kept happening anyway the women in the um obama administration were recognizing the exact same thing and so they started to intentionally amplify each other amplification meaning oh, wow. that like women would always like clock like molly just said something and it was a good idea and so the other women in the room would clock it and then they would continue to amplify it and they'd be like i think when molly said xyz it was a good idea for That's blah great. blah blah and then they'd be like i think when molly so so a that it gets attributed to you because mm-hmm. they'll always take the idea and b to keep amplifying that voice and, to, and so mm-hmm. anyway katie was saying that the girls at update at snl started doing the same thing they would just amplify each other and ever since I that kind of came across my radar screen like now I'm constantly like what what is, what is a female saying what is happening I'll do anything in my power to 
to amplify it and yeah, to yeah. and and to you know I don't want to discriminate against like white straight guys and even you saying like these this next generation of males mm -hmm. is actually they're great like, allies I'm and interesting excited. and all. it's it's really great mm -hmm. but maybe it's also like the stock market has to correct itself you know yes. and it's hard mm -hmm. and and Greg has seen like I, there will be times even with live from here where I'll be like this thing I have to say like actually needs to be heard mm -hmm. and I'll feed it to Greg and he'll say it and it'll it'll go oh. and he watches that happen mm -hmm. okay and then Greg walked in look at that handsome guy hi handsome guy Greg's walking look in how the round door his head is look at sissy doesn't even know you're here you're so quiet wow and we didn't talk about mega Oh my God! We didn't talk about Mega, but Mega. I love it so much. We love Mega. Oh my God, I love Mega, Mega so much. Is um, Holly? I almost forgot your name just now. Is Holly's <laughs> podcast with yeah. Mr. With Greg, Greg here? But yeah, Greg and I host. We are characters who work at a fictional mega church called Twin Hills because it's like boobies. Oh, Twin Hills. Is that why Twin Peaks was named that? I, I wonder. Could be. Hmm. I wonder. But oh. it's really fun. And Judith has been a guest and you should come on as a guest. Oh, love, my God. Okay. I'd love to. But, you know, I don't know anything about the You church. don't have to. Uh, you don't. I don't believe it because everything you say, I, know. I mean. Well, they know. You guys know so yeah. much. We'll cover that stuff. Yeah. You just have to be somebody who's interested in something and then we'll just tie it all in. And it's, it's so just cool. improvising. Oh, I don't know. It's just all improv. You, uh, yes, you do. I haven't listened to every single episode. I've listened to most. But is there the singing ministry? Not yet. Yes, that's Molly. <gasps> Yes. Oh, Get God, ready. Oh my God! See that podcast makes me laugh so hard. I can't. It is I can't handle it. It's so funny. I have only listened to a few episodes. You have to yeah, listen no. to. I'm gonna listen. What's to yours. her name? The one who's the less or is not the lesbian, but she doesn't want the lesbian to. She doesn't get to look at her under under the belt. What is her name? She's on that show <laughs> SNL. <laughs> that Katie Rich. Yeah. No. Cecily. Cecily. Oh my that god. That one I love. The whole too. episode is just beep beep. She's swearing the whole time. Oh my god. But question, I'm sorry, I'm a little tipsy, but what was she really interrupting or what did you guys agree on that when you're like, "Hold on." She kept trying to talk. "Hold on, you hadn't introduced her oh, yet." Oh, no, it's all improv. We, oh, we didn't know. Oh, so good. Can I get a little of your accent? Yeah. Hey guys, it's Greg <laughs> from Mega the Podcast. Yeah. Oh wow. So good. Yeah. Wow. That's yes. good. Cecily's one of my favorites too. That's oh, really... that I cause Cecily is basically my mother. That is my mother. Oh, really? That's my mother. Because she was so hammered. Yeah, she's Ooh. so hammered. Oh, even God. when I was saying my, one of my favorites is when I was talking about how like the woman who came and like was washing Jesus' feet, yes. and she's like, Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And then she's like, did she put something in his butt or something? And it's like, oh it's my so God. dirty. It's so dirty, <laughs> but so fun. It's exactly who would be like up in the rafters at the church, like just comes for the food. It's so true. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh so it's happy. so good. Yeah. Well, now I'm really ending it. Yeah. Okay, oh, shit. No, Bye, wait, Molly. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Molly, I want to reiterate what Jude said earlier. Honestly, such a privilege and honor oh my god i love your podcast i love you i think you are so brave and so present and so exciting it makes me so excited and i'm nearly phobic of children childbirth <laughs> anything involving in utero sperm or the like and you excite me to no end what do you have to say <laughs> i think you are a ray of sunshine uh I, I, every time your song your theme song comes on oh, i get good so good. happy it's so good, good very dolly tiny eyes with an underbite is my favorite thing ever yeah <laughs> It's so you, which I love. And I just think you've changed the dialogue for what we talk about in terms of women's health and women's experience oh, yes. in this world. It's so true. You really have done a lot for us, Molly, and I love it. Thank you. Thank you guys so yeah. much. Thank you. Where do people find you and all that shit? I'm Holly Laurent on Instagram and I'm Laurent Holly on um, Twitter. And um, what's Mega? Mega the podcast on all your social medias. Jude. I'm Judith Shelton here on Instagram and Judith Shelton on Twitter, although I never go there because it makes me sad. Yeah. But I love the Instagram. I love Instagram. I do. I love the Instagram. Right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Molly. I really do love you. Love you. Yeah, love, love, you. You. love you. Love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. Bye. I do love, love how you, you say that.
love you. Love you. Love you. <laughs> well, it's late on Monday night, and my parents are asleep in the Airbnb, and we've got to drive to San Diego in the morning, so I'm going to make this brief. Holly and Jude, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being on my podcast and sharing your stories with me and my listeners. Listeners, don't forget to check out Live From Here on NPR, and also check out an episode of Mega. I will post, um, I'll post Judith's episode of Mega in my show notes. I'll also post all their social media accounts so you don't have to write anything down. Listeners, don't forget what we learned in this episode. We need to amplify women's voices, especially mine. That's why you need to go to iTunes right now and rate and review this podcast. If you haven't already, what are you doing with your life? I've done like at least 45 episodes. I've been doing this for a year, I think, almost exactly. Are you you the patriarchy? Time is up, listeners. Time is up. But whatever, if you want to reach me, I'm at spermcast at gmail.com or you can call me or text me at 323-741-1818. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at spermcast. Thank you again to my new Patreon followers. And if you're not subscribed to Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash spermcast. Am I forgetting anything? Probably. Do I care? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I care. I do. Bye-bye. Love you. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay to straight, black to white. Tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Oh, so that's what double penetration means? Well, Is two in the hole? Two? Oh, that's, that's a lot. That's like four. Um, <laughs> whoa, that was. Yeah. Whoa, it's a compilation. Whoa, whoa. But that's in different holes. Sometimes whoa, they do, whoa! Sometimes they do two in the V and one in the B. That's what I thought. But that, that would be a triple. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.